Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. And that's the determination we want to have. That's the hope that we do have. That's the goal that we are after. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone. Welcome again to Praying for America. All of us here at Priests for Life, one of the largest pro-life groups in the in the world, send you greetings and our gratitude for what you do to save this nation. So we're going to talk today about the continued attack on the Constitution, specifically the attack on the Supreme Court. We'll be using Mark Levin's a great new book, The Democrat Party Hates America. And I also want to say some things about uh, the uh, 2024 presidential uh, race and some of the polling, as well as a special tribute to President Trump at the end that you're really going to like, a video clip that is very, very inspiring. And it's uh, instructive about the lives and the trials and tribulations of the rest of us as well. So welcome to the program. As you always... The Word of God is the lens through which we look at what's going on in America and what we need to do about it. I want to start with Romans chapter 16 with uh, the verses that begin in verse 17. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent, as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings and has been made known to all the nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Soon, Lord God, very soon, you will crush Satan beneath our feet. Soon we will see the victory of unity in truth over the discord sown by the haters of truth. Soon we will see the victory of justice over violence and terrorism. Soon we will see the victory of life over the scourge of abortion. Soon we will see 
the victory of America over those who hate America. And Lord God, we have this hope based not on our own strength, nor on any political acumen that we have. We put this hope, we base this confidence, we find this strength in you, in your word, in your son, Jesus Christ. It is in his name that we pray. It is his kingdom we obey and serve. It is his gospel we announce for the saving of America and of the world. He who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. I want you to have that confidence, friends. So God will crush Satan under our feet. And we see, you know, I, as I've been telling people all over the place, I've heard more and more people than ever be saying about the political battle we now face, about this election that we now face, that this is very simply a battle between good and evil. And that's why the word is most appropriately the lens through which we see all of this and the source from which we take our instructions, if you will, God himself giving us marching orders to, to do what is right and do what needs to be done. Now, we have an election right around the corner here on Tuesday, election 2023. As we've said all the time, you know, activate people to get out to vote this uh, Tuesday. If not before, if early voting is going on in your state, utilize that. But pay attention to the local elections. There might be an election in your town or in your county, that you haven't even heard of yet. It's possible. And uh, that the fact that these, quote, off-year elections don't get as much attention is something we need to change, really. There's no such thing as an off-year. Every time there's an election, that's an election year, and that's an important election. So let's get involved in those mayoral races, county executive, like in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, for example, key position for having influence on the election process in Pennsylvania for 2024 presidential race. That county executive is neck and neck, the Republican and the Democrat. Get out there if you're in that area, you know people in that area to vote for the Republican candidate. And and and, and many other races like this. Pennsylvania also has, has a, a Supreme Court just, justice up for, for election. And uh, we've got uh, local races, mayoral races, city councils all over the country. And then, of course, a few states with key um, statewide elections. Kentucky, don't let us down. Get that uh, Republican governor in there. Uh, we don't need these uh, America-hating Democrats. They're also baby-hating Democrats. Do you realize that? They hate little babies in the womb. They can't, rec they can't even recognize them as persons. Uh, I'll say a little bit more about, uh, about this as we go on tonight, because there's an important election in Ohio uh, that uh, we've got to defeat this so-called issue one. I've been talking to you a little bit about it. Friends, anything you can do, get, get in touch with your people in Ohio, or, or if you're in Ohio, you know, really, really, really just make this a focus get people out there and stop this amendment that would put unlimited abortion into, not just into law, into the Constitution of Ohio. Okay, so that's a key, a key concern. So I was at Mar-a-Lago the, just the other night. Um, when was it now? Night before last with Dinesh D'Souza, with Dan Bongino, with Mayor Giuliani, with Dick Morris. Uh, who else was there? Carrie Lake. 
uh, all kinds of folks. President Trump would happen to be in Texas, so he wasn't, uh, uh, otherwise he would have been in the room as well. But we saw Police State, this film that Dinesh D'Souza put together with Dan Bongino uh, and various others, actor uh, Nick Searcy was there, who plays a key role in the film. You want to see the weaponization of government. You want to see uh, how government has been used against uh, America itself. In Mar- what are Marxist tactics, see that film. You can see it now on policestatefilm.net. You can order the DVD. You can watch it streaming. Policestatefilm.net. I really want to urge you. It's one of the key, together with this book that we've been studying and will continue to study, The Democrat Party Hates America by Mark Levin, that the film Police State is one of the key tools, one of the key tools for waking voters up in this election of 2024. Please go see it. Be sure to see it. Uh, Okay. I want to show you something very interesting. was uh, on Dick Morris's show the other night. Let's take a look at this Biden uh, polling uh, data here. Uh, You know, he's, he's, he's just going down more and more, worse and worse each day on every issue. But the interesting thing about this poll, let me show you the the numbers here, is that even on issues that the Democrats consider their winning issues, people disapprove of how Biden is doing. So look, let's look at them all. Okay, of course, the border, inflation, you know, he's down in the 20s. Look at disapproval, 70, 69 on inflation. But even on gun violence, the Democrats like to take gun violence and run with it, you know, like a flag. Only 32% of this guy, uh, approve of this guy's handling of that issue. This was conducted just a couple of weeks ago, this poll. Ipsos slash ABC News. 32% approval on gun violence. Crime, 33%. Okay. Approved. 64 disapproved. The economy, of course, no, no, uh, no doubt. But even abortion. Now, the, the left seems to think that baby killing is a politically winning issue. I can't get my mind around that. Baby killing, really? Dismembering a child? Here the whole world is aghast at the beheading of babies by a terrorist, Hamas, but they're terrorists. What do you expect from terrorists, right? And yet you look at what abortion is. If you look at what it is, if you read the medical textbooks and look at the the pictures and the video, friends, it chops the head off a baby. But even on abortion, Democrats somehow think that's a winning issue. 39% approve of the way Biden is handling it. Now, Biden is embracing full-throatedly the radical Democrat extreme position, no restrictions on abortion whatsoever. He doesn't even mention the unborn child. It's all about, oh, women's reproductive rights, reproductive health. Listen, we're in favor of women's rights and women's health, but not of baby killing. But he just goes all the way, and yet only 39% approve of his handling of abortion. 58% disapprove. And climate change. Where's the left strength on this, uh, this issue and the mythology surrounding the idiots who believe in this? 39% only approve. It's on par with abortion for Biden. 57% disapprove of how he's handling this issue. So good luck. The guy is a failed disgrace of a president, absolute disgrace of a human being. He's a liar. He's a pathological liar. He's corrupt as the more and more evidence is coming out about the money. Just immoral. Just he's a disgrace. He's a disgrace. 
Uh, and those numbers are showing that people are people are people are getting that. The Democrat Party hates America. This book, brothers and sisters, goes into in one of the chapters the way that the Democrat Party and its policies and its leaders have been attacking the Constitution. Now, we've looked at this already from the point of view of the Constitution itself. It's not a racist document. It does not endorse slavery. We've looked at it from the point of view then that we started looking at it from four angles, four ways in which the Constitution is being attacked. We looked at the last couple of programs at the First Amendment. Now I want to transition into area number two where the Democrats are attacking the Constitution, and that is the Supreme Court. Now the Supreme Court, if you know your Constitution, right, Article One sets up the uh, Congress, Article Two, the executive branch, presidency, and so forth. It's Article Three that sets up the courts, but the Constitution only sets up one court, the Supreme Court. Then it says Congress can establish some other ones if it wants. Well, we've got a lot of federal courts. But it's only the Supreme Court that is constitutionally mandated. And it's one thing to disagree with, and you can disagree vehemently, with a justice's position on an issue or decision in a case. Perfectly legitimate to disagree vehemently and express that disagreement. But it's quite another thing to intimidate justices because of a decision that they made in a in a in a legitimate supreme court uh, case or that you fear they are about to make to start intimidating them putting them in physical danger harassing them or attacking the integrity and credibility of the institution itself to say well, this court has to be radically restructured because, after all, it's not yielding the right results. We don't like the decisions it's making. That's something completely different. And yet we see the Democrats taking that other track. And you know why? It's because they don't have the right positions on the issues. And when the Supreme Court does get it right, they go berserk because they don't have the, the answers. Like, for example, on this recent case on abortion, June of 2022, the Dobbs decision overturns Roe v. Wade. And it's really a very simple holding that the decision has, which is that the Constitution does not contain a right to abortion. That's it. Now, people can still legislate on it. In fact, that's what the court told them to do. You have a position on abortion, you want to see a certain policy implemented under the law, well, then debate it among the citizens, persuade people, and create your craft your policy and use the legislative process. That's legitimate, and disagreement in that area is legitimate. What's not legitimate is what the other side ended up doing with the Dobbs case. In order to intimidate the justices, for the first time in Supreme Court history, and it still hasn't been released, confirmed, or announced who was responsible for this, although there was an investigation internally in the court, the decision was leaked. The leaked draft that came out in May of 2022 was practically identical to what the final decision ended up being. How did it get leaked? More importantly, why did it get leaked? Well, it's not hard to understand. 
For the left, this was a major, this was the end of the world. This was a major earthquake. For Roe v. Wade to be reversed, no more constitutional right to abortion. And that's what the decision said, and that's what it did. And so they said, well, let's get this out there before that final vote is taken. And remember, the court then confirmed that this was an authentic document. Nobody, it was not something that somebody made up. And they confirmed that no decision had yet been made. So the stage was set perfectly for the intimidation of these justices by the corrupt left. They can't win on the arguments, so they put this out for all the world to see. It's saying, in other words, look what these evil justices are about to do. Look what these right-wing uh, fanatics and fascists are about to do. And it was a, essentially then an invitation to do what somebody actually did do, travel across the country to, with weapons to try to kill one of the justices. Remember, they went to uh, Kavanaugh's uh, home, and then apparently he freaked out at the last minute and called the police on himself. But then you had these protests in front of the justices' residences. Oh, not the, not the pro-abortion ones, not the left-wing lunatics. You had these protests in front of the homes of the conservative justices. In violation of the law, by the way, and the Biden administration is not interested in, uh, in enforcing those laws. This is not the way you deal with the Supreme Court. And yet this is the way the left attacks it and therefore attacks the Constitution, which established this court. Now, there was another instance, again, revolving around abortion. You'll see a lot of this, a lot of these wars in regard to the Supreme Court really do revolve around the abortion issue. And, 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 and independent observers have noticed this time and time again. You have a situation. It was, I was there. I was standing there a matter of yards away from Chuck Schumer. I was helping to lead a pro-life rally. And he was speaking at a pro-abortion rally. You know, on the days of oral arguments on these Supreme Court cases, it is a circus out there on the, uh, on the plaza of the Supreme Court. Uh, not up the, uh, the steps, but at the bottom of the steps, on the, basically on the sidewalk plaza there, semicircular plaza. If you've ever been there, you know what I mean. People are free to go there and have peaceful demonstrations on one or another side of whatever issue the court is, is arguing that day, right? So I've done this multiple times. I've led multiple rallies out there in front of the court. I'll be out there again in January on the day of the, uh, uh, the, day of the March for Life. Uh, this was in 2020. There was a case that came out of Louisiana. And at issue in the case, and if you're not familiar with this, this is really going to make you scratch your head. Uh, the state of Louisiana said, you know, we know what's best for uh, women's health in our state, and uh, we don't. We see that these abortion clinics and these abortionists aren't uh, properly, uh, properly qualified, and 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 aren't very w w much doing a good job very often with terms of women's health. We want to make sure that you know if they're going to do abortions in our state, um, that they have hospital admitting privileges at nearby hospitals, because what if uh, an emergency arises, as sometimes does. And she has to be transported from the clinic to the hospital. Consistency of care and the good of that mother's health would suggest that the same doctor who was just working on her continue to work on her to fix whatever problem arose. Pro-abortion people 
came against that law, just as they had come against a similar law that came out of Texas for in a case of four years before that. So in any case, this is this is the case that was being heard. God forbid, you know, we increase the standards for the medical uh, expertise and competence of these doctors. So we're having this rally, pro-life rally. Right next to us is the pro-abortion rally. It was a circus, everybody yelling and my com- competing, competing loudspeakers. I mean, you get a headache by the time the thing is over. But there's a purpose for being there. So Kavanaugh shows up. I mean, not, not Kavanaugh, excuse me. I'm thinking of Kavanaugh because he addressed Kavanaugh. Um, Schumer shows up. So Schumer is there yelling at the crowd. And here's what he says. I want to tell you Gorsuch. And I want to tell you Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind. And you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Now, they hadn't made the decision yet. They were having the oral argument. So once again, just like the release of the, of the, of the full text of the draft decision in Dobbs in May of 2022, here in March of 2020, before the decision comes out, Chuck Schumer from the U.S. Senate threatens these conservative justices. Now, you notice he's taking aim at the two Trump-appointed justices. This was the first major direct abortion case in, of the Trump era. And here he is threatening the justices that President Trump got onto the court. Don't go in this direction of pro-life. Don't go in this direction of striking down these, these uh, uh, don't, of upholding these pro-life laws. The remarks prompted an unusual response from the court. Just Chief Justice Roberts sent out a statement. And here's what he said. Justices know that criticism comes with the territory. All right, just like we were just saying, it's perfectly legitimate to criticize a decision or to criticize a justice. But threatening statements of this sort from the highest levels of government are not only inappropriate, they are dangerous. And then he reasserts, like he also reasserted after the the leak of the Dobbs decision, he reasserted this. All members of the court will continue to do their job without fear or favor from whatever quarter. Now, that's the, that's, the, that's the right tone to strike. That's the right attitude to have, right there. And that's, in fact, what the majority in the Dobbs case said in that decision. There's a section of Dobbs where it says, you know, we don't know what kind of public reaction this decision will evoke, but we can't take that into account in making this decision. We simply have to do our job, the phrase he, Justice Justice Roberts uses in this quote, we have to continue to do our job, which is to interpret the Constitution and apply it to laws as they are written and decide disputes. That's our job. The matter of where public opinion comes down or what kind of reaction happens after that is that cannot be a factor. In fact, they said we don't have the authority to make that a factor. They've been given a mission by the Constitution itself. They don't have the authority to make those considerations a factor in their judgment. Now, if we can only hold on to that particular attitude and actually live it out, 
this is a good thing to pray about, and we will pray about it here. I have a lot more to say. We're going to continue tomorrow with this. Um, uh, we'll continue uh, next week with this uh, analysis of uh, the attack on the Supreme Court. We'll also look at the attack on the Electoral College and other things. But let's pray here, and then I want to show you a special video about uh, about President Trump. But let's pray here now for the justices. Uh, Lord, we ask you... In court. Lord God, you have led America through many contentious battles over key issues through the mechanisms of the court. And we ask you, Lord God, in the midst of the terrible pressures that are upon them, that the justices of the U.S. Supreme Court, present and future, will live up to this high ideal that they are to do their job without respect for human opinion or public opinion or public reaction, but rather are to look at the Constitution, our Constitution, not some kind of foreign Constitution or other document, our document, the same document that established that same Supreme Court, that they would look at our Constitution, that they would look at the laws as they are written, and that they would judge impartially, without respect to persons, that they would judge honestly, that they would judge competently. We thank you, Lord God, for the favorable decisions that have come down on so many issues, including life, including religious freedom. But Lord God, we ask you that amidst the terrible pressures that the Democrats are putting on the court and on the justices, amidst their efforts to even change the very makeup of the court, we ask for your strength and protecting hand first of all, upon the hearts and minds of these justices, upon them physically and their families, upon the building of the court and the institution it represents. Lord, this is part of praying for America. This is part of saving America. May we defend the court. May we defend the Constitution as properly understood and as it should operate to save us. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, you know, not only the justices are under intense criticism, but all of us who stand for America. I've been under intense criticism, and even from the church I belong to, the Catholic Church, throwing me out of priestly ministry. Why? Oh, you know, they make up different excuses every year. Uh, and uh, essentially, it's because I wouldn't walk away from my, from my full-time pro-life commitment, uh, including the commentary I do on politics, like I do on these programs. Uh, those who are uh, critical of that, well, they can take their criticism and uh, you know what they can do with it. And, and you know, they, President Trump faces more, most the most intense criticism and he basically says to his enemies, you can go take a hike. We're doing what's right for America. We're doing what's right uh, for the people. And that's exactly the position that we all need to take. To the enemies, we say you are not going to prevail in any way, shape, or form. Take your hatred, take your criticism, and go let it let it turn itself back on you and get out of our way because we are doing what is right and we, and we are preserving this nation and growing it to serve us, our children, and their posterity. I want to show you a little video. You may have seen it. And it's uh, a familiar um, it's a familiar theme 
But these are times when we have got to remember this. When we see people being hauled into courtrooms, when we see films like Police State and the story of my friend Mark Houck, I was just with him there the other night at Mar-a-Lago and we watched the film. His story is one of the stories featured in the film. He's the pro-life activist whose home was raided by the FBI for no reason. The man is peaceful, he's prayerful, and the Biden administration brought the whole weight of a weaponized federal government against him. So he's one of the ones that bears criticism, along with all of us. But look at what this video says about the man who is criticized. The man criticized for doing the right thing. The man in the arena. Let's watch. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles. Or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena. Whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Who strives valiantly. Who errs. Who comes short again and again. Because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at the worst if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. What else can we say? Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, have a wonderful weekend. We got a lot more to do. Uh, and say about this book. I hope you get your copy. The Democrat Party Hates America, Mark Levin. Make sure to see Police State, policestatefilm.net. Let's save this country. Let's save the unborn. Let's save our freedom. Let's save our constitution. Let's save our families, children, grandchildren, and beyond. God bless you. Pro-life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Connect with our ministry at endabortion.us. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. And we will talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. Hello, 
I'm Evangelist Alveda King with a very important message regarding the elections. On every level, it's very important that our leaders believe that in God we trust and that we are and must remain one nation under God. Let's take it one step further and say that we should be teaching that we're not even separate races. We are one blood according to Acts 17:26, one blood and one human race. Abortion is such a threat to America, to the baby in the womb, to the health of the mother, to the relationship of the father and the mother, to the relationship of the family, and then into all areas of life in our nation. But we can do something about it. I urge all our followers and our communities to vote for life. Your vote matters. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years, 